Well, how's it going, everyone? It's been uh, it's been quite a while, and I've missed doing this. I uh, I had to take a little bit of a break. I felt like the last three podcasts I did were a little bit forced, and I think that's just because I was going about it wrong. You know, I think in the beginning of anything, you kind of got to take it slow. You know, you can't expect yourself to be able to perform at on full gear right away. And I think I was kind of expecting myself to be able to full gear this right away. I think I was doing, I expected myself to be able to do too many podcasts than what I really could do in the beginning. I think I'm probably going to cut it down something a little bit more manageable until I get used to it, until the uh, this art of speech is something that I have a better grasp on. I think I'm going to stick to probably one or two a week. When I If I do two a week, it's because in that week, I'm uh, my creativity is, uh, is at its top-notch performance. But I'm gonna, that means I'm going to be spending a lot more time working on the podcast and working on what I'm going to be talking about and have the ability to put it in a little bit more time. Which is, I think, exactly what this podcast is going to need for it to get better. At least in the beginning, you know, in the future, I'm hopefully going to be able to, you know, bang out a lot more and still have the same effort level put in to the podcast. Of course, that'll come in time. And... The reason why I took a break at the time that I did is because I was going to California and I knew coming back from California, uh, my creativity level was going to be off the charts. Just just the person I am, I knew that seeing a new place and, you know, experiencing a different lifestyle was going to make my creativity levels explode. And it did. It certainly did. And I have a, in this podcast, I'm going to talk about uh, my trip to California, I'm going to talk about my experiences there at the end of it. And in the beginning, I'm going to be talking about something that I'm going to get into right now. So let's just get this small talk over with and let's get right into this. So I've noticed throughout my life that I, for whatever reason, tend to run into this. I think it's, you know, this topic. I run into this topic. And I can't seem to ever figure it out. You know, I can't seem to ever figure out which side is actually right. Is And that's with feminists. And that's with people who oppose them. And that's with the feminists themselves. And I can't seem to figure out if either side is right. Because it seems like to me, a lot of the times, feminists go... At least what we see in the media and what we see on YouTube, they go overboard a lot. Like, really, like, sex... Yeah, I don't know if you saw that video that was made, like, four years ago. Sexist air conditioning? Motherfucker, wear a coat! Wear a fucking coat! The fuck? Man, I get cold, too. I'm skinny as fuck. I, I get cold just as much as you do. You just don't have as much weight on your body. A lot of women don't have as much weight on their body as men. It's just, that's just a fact. You are not going to have as much weight on your body as we do. 
especially especially if you're healthy. If you're healthy, you are not going to have as much weight on your body as men. Sorry, you're going to be cold. This is the way it works. I get just as fucking cold, and I cannot... That video is... I, I wonder if that video is satire. Obviously, I never saw that video on actual TV. And I wonder if it was just created, and if it's satire, because it seems fucking insane. It just seems insane. I'm like, what the... This is a conversation? Sexist air conditioning? Like, all right. And then another topic that you see a lot... No, I'm going to get to this later, actually. Let, let's just get straight into these quotes that I posted. On, I posted these quotes on my Snapchat story with pictures going along with them off of this page on Instagram that I found. And it's uh, it took me about 30 seconds to find these two quotes. And to me, both the quotes seem a little bit, to be honest, they just seem a little bit out there. The quotes just seem out there. And... I, I'm going to get I'm going to get into this first quote right here. And the quote is, I feel like we should stop calling feminists feminists and just start calling people who are who aren't feminist sexist. You are either a normal person or a sexist. Quote end. Wow. You know, I kind of just saw this quote and instantly knew it was fucked up when I saw it. Like right away. Um, but today, I kind of applied some brain power to the quote. And I was like, holy fuck. Holy fuck. The jokes about feminazis aren't really jokes to me anymore after seeing this quote. I don't know if this is the person on the page's quote. and Or if this is... An, Somebody who was outside of the page and the person who owns the page saw this quote and liked it. But does it, could you not switch out some of the words in this quote, change feminist to Aryan and change sexist to Jew and have it sound a lot like Hitler, a lot like Hitler, like fuck everybody else who doesn't believe in feminists. We are the best. Nobody else is... Everyone else is is a shitty derogatory term. That's what everyone else is. And we are the best. Like, holy fuck. Are we, like... What do you think is going to be the point for people like this? Where they have the self-realization, like Hitler. And they're like, fuck. I'm a shithead. Because this is a... This is a really shitty thing to say. And I say that because what do you mean that who someone who's not a feminist is sexist? What the fuck are you talking about? Unfortunately, you're calling yourself a feminist now has a stigma to it. And that is the doing of feminists. That is not the doing of anybody else. Maybe it's us putting a stigma on it, but I'm not going to be someone who says that the stigma isn't deserved. And I will for one say that I'm all for equality. And if there's places, if there's spots in this world that have difference between men and women, they need to be filled in and they need to become equal. It needs to become a level plane. 
However, I don't know how much uneven playing there is left. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's that much left. And I don't know, even if there is some uneven playing for women, I feel like there's just as much uneven playing for men now. And the inequalities at this point, they got to balance out. You know, I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like there's an unjust amount of inequalities for either side. And I feel like if it keeps going, then men are going to have something to fight for. <laughs> and if we do fight for that, I can already see how poorly that's going to go for us. If we have to fight for something like that, because people are just like, oh, shut the fuck up. And that's exactly what's going to happen. I think right now, if there's still inequalities left, I think that that's just there's just, there's just natural inequalities left that I don't feel like are going to be fixable. There's a difference between us. Hate to break it to you, you have a vagina and I have a penis. That's that's uh, hate to break it to you, but we're different. You know, we're not totally equal. What I lack, you also lack something that I have. You know, I don't have a vagina and you don't have a penis. We're not the same. And there's things that men, because of genetics, are better at. There's things that women, because of genetics, are better at. And there's, I don't think there's much of a fight. You know, I'm not, obviously I'm not a woman. And I don't know what a woman has to go through on a daily basis. Obviously, the sexual assault, sad to say... I don't, it's not a curable thing. You know, sexual assault is going to continue. Fortunately, and the best thing that you can do is just be careful. You know, that's all you can do, you know. Don't leave your house without a friend and, or I mean, if you're young, don't leave your house without a friend unless you're, you know, obviously if you get older, you got to go to work alone. That's how that shit works. But if, you, if you're at a university, you know, don't go walking around alone. You know, just take the precaution because the sexual assault's not curable. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely wired. Like, sex itself is, it's wired into DNA and both genders want it. And it's something that our DNA pushes us towards. Unfortunately, some people know no boundaries and they're going to do that sort of thing, and you're you're probably not going to ever get rid of those people, ever. You know, the most we can do is try to limit how many cases of it are happening, and the only way to do that is for everybody to start taking precaution. And, you know, hope the justice system, you know, hat doesn't create any injustice through this and put the people behind bars that need to be behind bars and that's at this point that's the most we can hope for you can't really hope for anything else 
I've gotten a little bit off track here, but the other quote, which, wow, this one, wow. I, I tend to be, I tend to be usually very calm nowadays. I kind of, I've, I've realized how rash I used to be and I'm on my way to mastering the ability to be a third party and judge a situation fairly. But whoa, this quote got made me a my emotions got in the way when I first saw this quote. This person, I I think from what I'm reading is that this person wrote a book on this quote why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. I haven't read the book yet. I think I'm going to, or at least I'm going to like basically try and figure out what the back of the book would say. What is this book about? And why was this book made? If this is a book, I'm not really sure. Again, the quote, when I saw the quote, it said, I wrote, and then it said this quote, why I'm no longer talking about people about race, which is, what the fuck? Oh, by the way, you know, I, f- I found it ironic. And look, if you want to call this racist, I have no qualms with that. I can kind of see how someone would call this racist. I don't intend it in that way. But I found it ironic that a black woman wrote this. And it tends to seem to be the case, right? Nobody talks about, and this is, this right here, I was given these words by one of my friends, and thank you, Lindsay, for giving me these words. Seems like everybody talks about white people being racist against blacks, but nobody talks about blacks being racist against white people. That is, that is a very true statement. You hear a lot of black people say some pretty fucked up things about white people and you know whether that's from experience or not i feel like there's people in this world who don't like certain races no matter what the race is it's not just black people and it's not just white people but whether that's learned through experience like the the black people who say this well, that's learned through experience. And then they say things like, fuck white people, man. White people are dumb as shit. You know, like you really, you really do a disservice to your own fight when you say shit like that. Like if you're fighting against racism, saying fuck white people and white people are dumb as shit, saying things like that are uh, only adding to the racism of, of the world. You're, you are a part of the problem. Like, how, how do you not see that you are a part of the problem? And it's totally, like... It's totally cool with me if you don't hang out with white people. You know, if you don't like the... Like, a lot of it's cultural, and we have different cultures. 
Like, that's just a fact. And if you don't hang out with us because, you know, we're just, we just don't have a lot in common, that's cool. That's fine. I see that and I get that. However, you know, hating on somebody's, hating on someone and putting a skin color in front of it is racism. And that's just the way it is. It doesn't seem like they realize that they're, they are just as racist as some of the fucked up white people in this world that hate black people. You're just as racist. I hate to tell, I hate to break it to you because not all of us are like that. And you seem to, uh, people that are like that don't take a, people that hate like that, I should say, don't take a step back and realize that the individual does not make up for the collective. Okay. The collective is a different story than the individual that you just saw hating on you and hating on your skin color. Individual is a, is a single person. Now, at what point do you take a step back and realize the individual is not speaking for the collective? Okay, you'd have to talk to the majority of the collective to figure out what the general consensus is. I can assure you the general consensus of the world is that racism is fucked up and it's slowly dying, slowly dying. I don't know. I don't know if it'll ever be gone. I don't think that's possible. I think there's still going to be dumbasses in the world who have experiences with one person of a different skin color and they hate on the rest of them and they, they see the individual as the collective and that's the end of that. You're dealing with a fucking idiot. But it's gonna it's gonna slowly die, and it is slowly dying, and it is slowly becoming less and less prominent. And if you are if you speak up about your racism, you instantly get shunned. Now, people might not hate you, and people might still be friends with you, but they will hate the fact that you're racist. That is a fact. And if you do make your racism if you do speak your racism, that is going to be sitting in the... Like, if I knew somebody that spoke about their racism, that's going to be sitting in my subconscious for the rest of me knowing them until they either apologize for that statement or, you know, something along those lines, some, some kind of apology for it and saying that they are no longer that way. But that's going to be sitting in my subconscious. I'm not really... A hateful person anymore and I'm not gonna defriend that person however we're not gonna be as close as any close anymore that's for sure I know that but I'm certainly gonna give that person opportunity to revert their statement another thing on this topic that I want to discuss is something that I have listened to many, many videos about, something that I have done some research on, and something that I no longer, through those two things, believe is real. I think for me, I was on the fence for a while. However, I was leaning towards this being false pretty much the whole time, not the whole time, 
But since I really started to do some research on it, I've been leaning towards that this is just false completely at this point. But the thing that put the icing on the cake for me and I jumped off the fence and I ended up saying that this is false. And what I'm talking about is the gender pay gap. And this is, it's overly talked about and can be kind of annoying. However, if things like this are talked about, they're always worth discussion. So you got to talk about these things if if it's still a problem for people. Discussion is, is important in dealing with any topic. But the, the, the thing that put the icing on the cake for me, because I know you all know about the people who say, well, if you do the research and you get the statistics, it's not real. And... You know, you hear those people say that, but you still give the people who are like, oh, no, it's real. You still give them a chance because they also say that they have statistics that say that it's true. But here is where I jump to the other side of the fence. I have seen at least eight different, like five or five to eight different videos of women who believe that it's false. And if there are women who exist that don't think that it's real and think that it's just a falsification and they've done their research and they're now willing to say this amongst the, a community of women who will now shun them and they're willing to put that at risk, I'm, I'm going to believe that it's false too. And I fully believe now that it's false I was on the fence for a really long time about this one. Honestly, probably way longer than I should have been. And again, you know, I know that for a lot of women, me speaking about this doesn't hold a lot of gravity just for the fact that I am a dude. And I'm cool with that. I get it. I know what your fight's about. And that's that's fine with me. I totally understand that. But what should hold gravity to you is that women, more and more women each day are now realizing that this is totally false. It's not a real thing. However, if you were to make an argument about this anymore on the feminist side and saying that the gender pay gap is real, people don't even give you a fair shot anymore. If you think that it's real, people kind of just shut you off, which I don't think is, I don't think it's fair. But to me, another thing that kind of put me on the side of the fence of false is that a lot of the times when the facts get presented, when facts get presented to a party that are opposing something and saying something like this. So, okay, no, let me word this better. There's always two sides of an argument and in the argument, uh, once somebody gets presented with the real facts and they feel cornered, they tend to go on the defense with attack. People say, oh, you're getting defensive. It's not really true. Both parties are being defensive the entire time. They're, they're defending what they are, whichever side of the argument they're on. It's just when 
a party starts using attack as defense, that's when you go, hmm, did they just get routed? Are they wrong? And whenever I see a feminist bring this up and somebody's there to oppose it, it always, always seems like the feminist starts to go on the attack and the other person stays calm and the other person, you see the other person smile or, you know, get a little bit cocky because this person just went on the attack and they know in their mind what that means. So to me, I don't even think it's worth discussion anymore. It's one of those things that, you know, I know I said before that everything's worth discussion, but it's been talked about for so goddamn long. Enough brain power has been put into it. How have we not figured it out? And that makes me think that somebody is dragging it along for publicity. And by that, obviously, I mean the feminists are dragging it along because it brings a lot of publicity to the topic. And if that's the motivation, fine. Keep doing it. If you feel like there's inequalities to your gender or that go against your gender, fine. Keep doing this. Keep using this for publicity. However, understand that you know, it. you discredit yourself when you bring this up now. And I hate to say it, but you do. And people listen to you less. So bring publicity, but understand that you're bringing publicity, however, you now no, no longer have any credit to anything that you say. And that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Because if there is still some real inequalities that actually can be solved and actually need to be solved i'm all for it you know present those inequalities to me and i'll give you my thoughts about it and what can be done and what should be done and what would be a good way to attack the situation in a way that people are actually willing to work with you because a lot of times people see feminists explode and there's just no reasoning with them and a lot of times when that happens and that's kind of all you see in the media about them unfortunately when they explode it, it it's like okay well this person's unreasonable and there's no point even if they are right there's no point in even talking to them anymore because you can't talk you can't use the art of conversation to get to a conclusion of on what to do and, and to change the other person's mind. You, you just explode. And there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to what you're saying anymore. You know, you, conversation's an art. Language is an art. And it's something which, with my drawing skills, with the art of language, I'm not the best at yet. And I'm trying to hone my skills, if anything, with this podcast. I'm just trying to hone my skills with this and get better at this so that people actually enjoy hearing the art of my language and the art of my speech. This shit's an art. And if you put negative emotion into your art, unfortunately, speech is one of those 
arts that if it's negative all the time, you know, you're only really, your only audience is going to be negative people. And if there's anything that we know about negativity is that you should just shut the fuck up and probably just shut the fuck up and listen if you're upset. Honestly, that's the best thing you can do. From what I gather about negativity is that it clouds everything. Everything going on in your head no longer will make sense. You're going to be speaking out your asshole and you're going to be going off emotion because negativity is a place of emotion. There's no reason to it. And if you genuinely get overcome by negativity, your best bet is to just shut up. And we all fail to do that. Some of us may know that and you're still going to fail to do that at times, you know. There's going to be times in your life where that negativity overcomes your judgment and you may yell instead of just shutting up. You may yell. But my friend Jesse told me, no, I didn't No, I knew this, not like Jesse told me this, but I've heard many people believe, including myself, that if you start yelling, the conversation is now useless. The argument is now useless. You can no longer get anywhere in that conversation if a party is yelling. Because either the other party is going to stand down because it's just so annoyed with the fact that you're yelling. And you're going to feel like you're right. But at the end of the day, you might actually be fucking wrong. And the other party just stood down because you're being fucking crazy. Or the other party is going to realize that you're yelling. And it's going to be like... This conversation is fucking useless if you're yelling and I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And that's a pretty good way to go about it because that doesn't leave the person who's yelling with the feeling that they're right or wrong. All that you give them is, all right, I need to calm down and this conversation can continue if I calm down. But however, negativity is not the place to have to have conversation. You really got to sort out your negative thoughts in your head. And that's the truth. That's the truth. For anybody depressed, same same thing, really. I, I've been depressed before. I went into a psych ward for decisions that I made while I was depressed. And the only thing that really brought me out of that was... I came to the realization that speaking negatively and acting negative about everything, like everything sucks and, and having those thoughts that everything sucks. If you just take control of your thoughts when you have a thought like that, because when you're depressed, you're not going to be able to control your thoughts. You're going to say things, ah, this shit fucking sucks, man. I don't want to do this. But when that does happen, just say to yourself, no, not say to yourself, force yourself to do it and force yourself to find something good about it and continue. Go on about it. It might suck a little bit. It might suck to do. But if you can locate the positive in whatever you're doing, just harp on it. You find the positive, harp on it. 
be insane about it. Be like, oh, this is awesome because of this. And don't, don't let that go. Just hold on to that. Hopefully by the end of it, you'll realize how awesome it is, whatever you're doing. And to be honest, at all times you're breathing, that's pretty fucking awesome. So if you can just harp on that and think of it as a positive, like, yes, I'm fucking breathing, dude. Holy shit. Something gave me the gift of life. Like, thank you. Just harp on something positive. And if you're in a situation that you find negative, like I said, find the positive. Because the thing about negativity is that it's never going to change for you if you're always harping on the negative. You think your brain is actually, you think the chemistry in your brain is actually going to change if you're just feeding it negativity? Your brain is, is like a, is like a, uh, it eats, okay? It eats emotions. It eats information. And if the only information that you're giving your brain is negative, 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 what do you think is going to be the outcome? You think it's ever going to change for you? No, never. Never going to change for you. And I'm not speaking about this out of my ass. Let me explain to you. I was in a, let me really get to studio. I was in a fucking psych ward. And this is an, like an epiphany moment I had in the psych ward. And it's obviously this is all easier said than done. This is going to take work. Being happy takes effort every day being happy takes effort from anybody who is even happy and who's people who've always been happy it still takes effort and you still got to find the positive of the situation you know you're gonna have that thought that's really loud in your head like shit i don't want to do that you gotta figure out a way to overcome that and make the loud thought the positive thing like I don't know if any of you have ever seen the movie Yes Man. That's a real thing. That movie as Obviously, there's elements to that movie that aren't real. Like, shit's not going to... Actually, you know, it kind of does, you know. A lot of that movie is, has truth to it. But there's parts of it that are a little bit too out there. However, the movie Yes Man, if you don't know what it is, it's about... This guy, who is played by Jim Carrey, who is depressed. He is, you know, he's not, he's not happy at all. He, he feels like his life has no meaning. It's worthless. He's worthless. You know, he's not going to accomplish anything. And he goes to this meeting of these people who feel such a type of way about the word yes. And what they feel about it is, spoiler alert, However, this isn't really going to spoil the movie for you. Yes just opens up your mind. If you say yes, and the premise is Jim Carrey has to say yes to everything that he is uh, asked to do. Like, I mean, you know, even if it's like a chore, he still has to say yes to it. And what it does for you, and I would say that this probably works outside of just the movie. And what that does for you is opens up your mind. Okay, instead of just saying no because you don't want to and you feel like it's going to be boring and, you know, you're depressed, so you just don't want to deal with it and uh, you're not happy, so you just say no off of uh, off of instinct. You say no. Like, I don't want to fucking do that shit. Force yourself to say yes. And basically the premise is that it'll open up your mind and you'll become happier. And... I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to lie from my own experience since I've been happy 
just having more of an open mind to things and just saying yes whenever someone's like, you want to go do this? Even if I, even if I think in the back of my mind, like that's just not going to be fun. I still say yes, because what else am I doing? I'm sitting on the couch, not doing anything anyways. Why don't we just go out and do this? And maybe something insane will happen. And I'll see some fucking weirdo jabroni on the side of the road, like running around with his fucking dick out. Like maybe something crazy will happen. Or maybe I'll just have a good time with this person. Me and this person will have some good conversation. And it'll be better than just sitting on the couch. Just say yes to it. Basically. And. You'll. You'll feel better. Bare minimum. Bare minimum. You'll feel a little better. And that is. That's a promise. I. I'm willing to promise that. I'm willing to promise that you'll just feel a little bit better about life. You know, you might not find the meaning in life. Because it seems like you can explain somebody the meaning of life a million times over. And, you know, I'm going to try and explain it right now. I've been, uh, I've been having this conversation over the past few days about what I think the meaning of life is. And feel like we kind of overcomplicate it let me let me give you my theory on this because obviously this isn't fact nobody knows what life is why why are we here nobody really knows but we do know bare minimum at the bottom of meaning at the bottom of life what life does life is created Then, that animal, that human, but, you know, more so animals, as it is a fact of nature, they do their best to survive long enough to create more life. And then, mission complete. And maybe they get the opportunity to do it again and create another life. Or, you know, if if they have cubs and they have multiple babies you know they they create many lives but the bare the bare minimum premise is survive long enough to create life and continue on this birthing life into the world and making more of it that's the bare minimum goal of life that's what we figured out like it's about survival and surviving until you can uh reproduce and that's the bare that's the bare minimum goal add consciousness to this to that thing to that reproduction cycle that we go through you add consciousness onto it and us humans have created this system where that is is romanticized that that goal is romanticized you get you get married and you spend a lot of time together. You spend a lot of time developing connection with this person. You know, it's beautiful. It's, love is a beautiful thing. But it's called love. You spend a lot of time just creating this bond. And then when this bond is at its hardest and this bond's connection is the strongest it's ever going to be, you create another life. And that bond gets stronger. You know, it's called, it's, you add consciousness onto the reproduction cycle that life is and we call it love we fall in love with somebody 
spend a lot of time together, you have a baby, you die. You have a couple babies, you die, whatever it is. That's that's life. That's what we're, that's what we're here to do. We're here to make more of what brought us here, to do what brought us here. We're here to do that thing. And with all the complications around us, with all the things that us humans have created, we've created jobs, we've created strife, we've created many struggles that kind of break nature. Like we have different, we have a lot of, a lot more struggles now, but the struggles aren't life-threatening anymore. And we've kind of secured the ability to do this reproduction cycle safely. We no longer really worry about getting eaten by animals. It's not really a threat anymore. It's now, you know, if you're out in the wild, like, you're not even really that scared of that anymore. You know, I go for hikes all the time and I'm like, what if we should get attacked by a bear right now? Like, oh, well, we aren't even fucking prepared to get attacked by a bear anymore. We go out to the woods and we don't give a fuck. We give zero Fs about the fact that there's probably a fucking wolf den around the fucking corner. And we don't care. Our lives have become so protected that we're not really used to thinking like that anymore. And it doesn't really ever get in the way. Very few people die to that. Like, it doesn't really threaten our species anymore. Which has made this life, you know, as easy as it's become, it's made this life more complicated because the goal, to see the goal, no survive long enough to fall in love and have a kid is, it's hidden behind so many walls and so many different goals that you have to accomplish in this life, you know, People want you to get a job. People want you to be successful. People want you to do all these things that make it hard to focus on the most important thing in life. And the most important thing in life is love. You know, you can think of love as marriage, have a baby, and die with that person. You spend the rest of your life with that person. But love extends far beyond that. You know, I don't care what people say. If you're a dude, you can be straight. You can love another dude. Friendship is just as much as part of love as loving someone of the opposite gender or loving someone that is the same gender. You know, whatever your soul partner is, that whatever whoever your mate is, basically, you know, love goes past that. Love can extend to friends. Love can extend to other animals. You know, and that's, you can't tell me that even if you are sad, when you see a dog, your dog that you love walk up to you, you forget. Why do you forget? Why in that moment does it kind of numb everything going on? Why are dogs, why do dogs have the ability to be trained to help people with depression. Well, the people fall in love with that dog. And when that dog is around, 
they feel love. And love cures all. You know, you might not physically be cured, but for the moment, when you're petting the dog, when the dog is giving you attention, as much as you're giving it attention, we all know when a dog walks up to you for pets, you're getting just as much attention as that dog. And when you feel that love, all the problems of this world just kind of evaporate. You forget that, you know, you might not have enough money for bills. That's the meaning to me. That's my theory. It's love. You know, if you go on my Instagram, I have a couple. I have a, I think it's unique. You know, I've never really seen it on Instagram. I do these stories that they have a they have a message within and they have a message on the surface and there might be like a couple words that that are on lines of their own that portray that message that's on the surface and then all of the words as a whole portray a different message or the same message just a, the three words say it quicker or something and a lot of those poems that I have on there are about love and you know at the end of the day if you have a lot of love in your life but you might not be the most successful and you might not be making enough money to even support yourself however if you got somebody by your side doing it with you and you're able to see that at least you got that at least you got the most important thing in this world because love seems to be wrapped up in our DNA seems to be wrapped up in our genetics and it's just a it's just a chemical reaction really in our brain that makes us love somebody but that feeling is like no other there is no other feeling like it there is no other emotion in this world for me at least that brings as much joy as loving somebody and feeling it back and feeling that love back love is one of those things that you don't control you know if you love somebody chances are it wasn't really a choice you spent enough time with them and emotionally you just got attached and that's the beauty of it is that it's something that as hard as we try, it's something that we don't control. It's out of our hands entirely. I don't care how much power you have in this world. I don't care how many strings that you can pull. Good luck trying to pull the strings of love and control it. Good luck. Because you're not going to be able to. For some reason, this life is set up that way. And there's no way around it. There's literally scientific studies that show when somebody is starved of love, they die faster. You die at a, at a younger age. People who have less love in their life perform better at work. I mean, the people who have more love in their life perform better at work. You just do better. Because you're doing it 
for something. When you have a job and you love somebody, you have a significant other, if you're doing the job for them, the job is way easier. You probably perform even better too. You probably do a better job. However, it's, it seems to be something that we can blind ourselves to. You know, we come into this world and the first, the very first thing ever given to a baby is love. Mom sees that baby and instantaneously the bond of love is unbreakable for the mother. Unbreakable. The first thing ever given to that baby is love. And it seems like we can forget about that. About that moment. Because it doesn't exist in our memory. It's just knowledge that you can you have to go back to figure out. You gotta go back and observe that scenario and realize the first thing ever given to anybody in this world is love. That's the first thing. And that's the first thing that you ever take. That's the first thing. It's baby, that's the first thing you ever take. And you know, obviously I have no memory of how I felt as a baby, but once I realized that that's my mom, I'm sure I fell in love with that person too. Just as quickly, that's probably the first thing that you ever give as a baby. It's the first thing. And without, without a doubt, I would you can't really give anything as a baby. Nothing's really yours and you don't have the ability to perceive the notion that something could be yours. But you do give love. And that's the meaning, man. It makes it easy for me to be happy knowing that. Figuring that out. It's <laughs> it's funny that, that can you can so easily lose sight of that growing up. Growing up, you can just that can just fucking erase from your mind. And you'll have to figure it out on your own. I'm sure there's people in this world that don't ever forget that. Whose parents really knock that into their skulls and really drive it in. But if you forget, just think about it for a second. Give what I just had some thought. What's the first thing that you're given and what's the first thing that you give? What's the first thing that you, you know, what's the first thing you do? How were you created? You were created through an act of love. Through a chemical reaction of love that we call love. You're, the brains of the two humans that made you wanted to have sex. And that's how you got here. And they probably, at least for the time, loved each other. Could be, It could have been a one-night stand. But you damn well know that the chemical reactions in their brains felt like love felt just like love for the time being and then they forgot about it or something i don't know maybe maybe now they're actually stuck together because they had you whatever it is it's all this that's the only thing in this life that's worth anything you know obviously money keeps us alive but You can't pay 
for love. You know, you can't buy love with money. Money keeps us alive in terms of food, water, shelter, but it doesn't get you love. That's the problem. That's the thing when people say, you know, I thought with all this money and rich, like being rich and being famous that I would be happy, but nope. Sorry, bitch. Sorry, man. No way. No way. If you forgot that love was the most important thing in this world, doesn't matter how rich and famous you are. I know that being rich would probably solve a lot of fucking problems. If you just had the money, you wouldn't even have to fucking stress about that. And seeing love as true meaning would be way easier if you had money. There'd be a lot less walls blocking you to that thought. And I I get that. I get that money can solve a lot of problems. But it's not going to solve the main problem. That's for sure. No way. You you, You gotta know that. You gotta know that fact. And I don't... As much as I like to give people the opportunity to, you know, think of that as just a theory and, you know, have to go out and find that, find that out on their own, which is what you should do. You know, even if you believe me now, if you don't understand that, you probably won't until you do some discovery of your own, you do some soul searching of your own, you focus your brain onto that. You're not really going to truly understand what I'm talking about, but I just want to give you the idea. If you cannot find meaning in this world and you can't find meaning in your life, just think about it for a second. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the first step that I took for me. What what I realized when I was so sad and unhappy, I couldn't find meaning what the first step was for me. And I'm going to leave you with that. And I'm actually going to end the podcast there. And I'll see you guys next week. I'm going to start doing the podcast once a week, maybe twice a week, but not much, no more than that. No way, no more than that for the beginning. Got to get better at this. And, oh, actually, you know, no, wait, that's not the end of the podcast. My fucking bad. I'm a dumbass. I went to fucking California. Yo, that shit was insane. Uh, this only gonna be a couple minutes anyway, so the podcast is gonna end soon. I'm not gonna fucking go on about my trip to California for too long, but it was so much fun. Oh my god, dude! The the other end of this of this country is just what the fuck? Why was I was supposed to be born there? Something something went wrong. Something happened. I was traveling through the streams of life through the web. And then all of a sudden, I ended up in the wrong spot. I took a wrong turn. I took a wrong fucking turn. Ended up in Massachusetts. And now I'm stuck here for a while. I'm going to get back to California. I promise you that. My ass belongs out there. I belong out there. Definitely. You know, I still want to travel the world. And I'm not just going to get to California and not travel the world. But my ass belongs in California. California is so beautiful. It is so pretty. As much as there's not a lot of nature in California, but to me, I like the challenge of having to find the beauty and something that's hard to see beauty in. Like there's a lot of nature. There's a lot more nature on this side of the this side of the country. But out there in California, 
but you gotta find beauty in a lot of the most ugly places you know i was staying in long beach and long beach if you're on a certain end of long beach it ain't that pretty the end of long beach that i was staying on is 15 minutes away from compton it ain't that pretty but what was beautiful about it to me was that i had never seen it before and it was bringing me that awe that you had as a kid that's what california brought me and i was like i i fell in love with that place so fast first day i was there i stayed in my sister's house and we didn't do anything but second day like as soon as i saw more of it as soon as i saw the beach i was like fuck yes dude fuck yes as much as there's not a lot of nature out there it's still peaceful it's still so peaceful I could imagine driving around and the traffic can be a little bit hectic and a little bit crazy. But if you're just a bystander to it, which I got to be for like a week and a half and not have to worry about like the traffic or anything like that, I just got to experience it. Maybe it's just because I've been here my whole life and it's hard to see the beauty out here. And it's just become kind of boring to me. But out there, like there's just so much difference from place to place that you go like it changes so rapidly like my sister lives on pine avenue i want to say and apparently it's like this famous street because the other end of it the end that she doesn't live on it's like intense it gets crazy there's so much there's tall buildings, it's like luxury, it's amazing, it's it's lit up at night, it's beautiful, and like, it's on the same street, comparative to what I would consider like Chickabee. <laughs> like it looks like Chickabee, the end that I was staying on, but the end that I was staying on still looked pretty to me because it was new, it was something special, something different that I was used to. And, like, the sound of the waves, like, it's just, even the waves sound different than the beaches here. Like, the ocean's prettier there, too. It's, oh. the sand, the sand hits different out there. <laughs> I had a lot of fun out there. A lot of it was just sightseeing, though, which is, like, one of my favorite things to do, which is look, observe, create some thoughts. It's one of my favorite things to do, and I got to do a lot of that. And I'm so appreciative of the fact that my sister took me out there and I got to do all those things and experience something different because it was much needed. It was much needed for me to know that there's still things to discover. You know, deep in the back of my mind, I knew that traveling the world would be fun but I didn't know how fun. I didn't know how much awe it brings you. And it, is, it was just incredible. It was just incredible. I got to see so much. And I, I'm, I'm gonna live there one day. I'm gonna live there one day. Like I promise you, Like you watch. But anyways, I'm gonna end the podcast. I'll see you guys next week. Have a good time. And make sure you love everybody and everything around you because that's the only thing that means anything. <laughs>